Hello, this is Michael James King coming to you from beautiful round town, USA, where, in light of the rising frequency of human grizzly bear conflicts, the round town Department of Fish and Game is advising hikers, hunters, and fishermen to take extra precautions and keep alert for bears while in the field. At the post office, it reads, We advise that outdoorsmen wear noisy little bells on their clothing so as not to startle bears that aren't expecting them. We also advise outdoorsmen to carry pepper spray with them in case of an encounter with a bear. It is also a good idea to watch out for fresh signs of bear activity. Outdoorsmen should recognize the difference between black bear and grizzly bear poop. Black bear poop is smaller and contains a lot of berries and squirrel fur. Grizzly bear poop has little bells in it and smells like pepper. <laughs> this is yet another edition of God's Love Club, the podcast that talks about God's divine love and what it means for you today. We, as always, are giving a shout out to spirit-led believers everywhere and greeting them with a holy kiss. We confess Jesus Christ as our personal risen Lord and Savior, thank him for his sacrifice on Calvary, and we look forward to his soon appearing in the clouds. Father, in Jesus' name, we ask that your Holy Spirit lead and guide us as we speak to your people today. We ask you open their minds and heart to receive your revelation directly from your heart so that they will be personally edified and built up in your most holy faith. In Jesus' name. Today... My co-host with the spirit-led most is the lovely Christy Smith, the darling of Roundtown, USA. Christy is happy and well-adjusted in beautiful downtown Roundtown, where she believes without limits, prays for her family and friends unceasingly, and treats everyone with loving kindness. Today, the title of our podcast is... Seriously? <laughs> Seriously? Huh. Hi, Christy. How are you? <laughs> I'm good, you know, and I, I really love Roundtown because that's how they communicate the messages that have to be broadcast to the entire town is they put a sign on the post office door and a sign on the mercantile exactly. door. Exactly. And that's how everybody knows what's going on. Like a couple of weeks ago, it was don't drink the water until you boil it. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> Had a little issue there, and then that cleared up, and now it's about the bears, and that's, it's very helpful. It is, and we appreciate our public servants so much. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Today we're going to talk about seriously, and seriously is a word that can have different meanings in different contexts. And the first one I want to talk about is how in the parable of the ten virgins, five were wise and five were foolish. And the ones that were wise were wise in that they brought extra oil. They knew that they were going to have to wait up for the bridegroom. And they wanted light in order that they could find their way to him when it was time to go. And so five took it so seriously that they bought extra oil and brought it with them in case they waited a long time. Now the five that were foolish just took the regular amount of oil, thought it was going to be a very short process. And when it went long during the night, they all fell asleep. But when the friend of the bridegroom came and woke him up, five had no light and five had light. So this idea of taking what God says seriously and what we're doing seriously is very important because if we don't take it seriously, we'll not prepare. We'll not do the extra bit that we might need if things don't go according to plan. And I was thinking about this this week. You know, God has no idle words. Mm. It's not like he was just chatting one day and they happened to write it down, it's not really relevant. 
whatever God says is true. And whatever he says is important. And we need to take it seriously because no matter what the world looks like right now, what God says will come to pass is going to come to pass. And if he says that we need to prepare ourselves for the coming darkness, we need to take him seriously. Yeah, that's right. We get too focused very often on what's going on in this earth, in this world, and we put all our attention on it because it seems that the things we're expecting from God aren't happening or are slow to come to pass. And it takes a spiritual focus. It takes a continual connection to God to be able to be aware of the things that are happening and to stay ready for whatever he wants to do whenever he wants to do it. But in our culture, especially in the Western world, it's very easy to get distracted everywhere you go. There's major distractions, visual and audio distractions, and all of your senses are being attacked by things that want your attention. And it's very easy to get our minds and our hearts off of the things of God and, and wander off into something. And then we realize, oh, wow, what if the bridegroom is coming now? I'm not ready. A lot of it is distraction. A lot of it is we just don't take what God says seriously enough. We don't understand the importance of listening and obeying on time what he tells us to do. We think, oh, it's not that big of a deal. There aren't any immediate consequences to me not doing it right now. I can procrastinate a little bit. But God is very serious when he gives commands and directions and and has a plan that he wants us to walk in. If he reveals that to us, He's very serious about us taking it up. It's not an option. It's not like he presents us with, this is my calling on your life. This is what I want you to do. And it's optional. Think about it and see if you want to do it. Obviously, we have our own free will and he'll allow us to choose not to. But the consequences of that can be really dire. And the importance of what he is asking us to do is something we need to take seriously. We can't just be flippant about the things that we believe God is leading us into. Think, oh, someday I'm going to build an orphanage because I think God wants me to do that. If God is leading you to do it, stay connected to him and ask him what the steps are to reach that goal. Don't just put it off on the shelf and just pretend like it's not important. In my own life, taking the word of God seriously has been a cornerstone of my development as a Christian. And I'm not just talking about reading the Bible and doctrine. I'm talking about when God speaks to me directly. And oftentimes when he speaks to me, it's a voice in my head. I know it's his voice or it's a feeling in my heart or it's some circumstance I recognize that he's speaking to me in, but I know him. It's repetition and verification. I have heard him many times, and I've done what he's asked me to do many times, so I know his voice. I recognize my shepherd. And when he asks me to do something, I take it very seriously, because he's not speaking idly. I remember one time I was in Tennessee, and God was leading me, as he often does when I drive. Go right, go left, go straight, turn around, whatever he wants. And I just do it. And I don't really care because I, I set aside that time to do whatever God wants me to do. So I was running around in Tennessee and I came to this big cemetery. And it was a very nice cemetery, very well kept, very, very elaborate gravestones. And so I was walking through the cemetery and there was a great big headstone that said Cantrell. It was huge. It was actually big enough that I could lay on the top of it. And that's what God told me to do. And so I'm sitting there in Tennessee on top of this gravestone, <laughs> not knowing what I'm doing. I'm just laying there. And I laid there, I think, for an hour, hour and a half. And then God says, okay, you can go now. So I left. I said, wow, that was strange. <laughs> and I went back to where I was staying. And later that afternoon, 
this lady calls me. I don't know how she got the number of where I was staying, but she says, I'm Lisa Cantrell. You were laying on top of our family gravestone. Uh, Why were you doing that? Well, because God wants to speak to you today. Mm. And you've been having a lot of trouble in your marriage, and there's been a lot of abuse, and God's telling you that he is going to deliver you from that, and there's going to be a better day. And she just silenced and said, thank you. Wow. Now, I couldn't know that. No. I mean, she was probably at the graveyard, or somebody knew her as at the graveyard. Mm -hmm. But the sequence of events that led for her to call me and me give her that word that she needed that was true, Mm -hmm. because she told me that's true. I mean, how can you know that? But I had to take seriously the word of God as he spoke it to me that day in order for that to happen, in order for her to be blessed. Right. And the whole point was for her to see something out of the ordinary so God could get her attention. And she was probably yesterday praying desperately that God would give her a sign or God would speak to her or comfort her. She just crying out in her spirit, you know, because I felt that she was being beat. And I don't know all the situation, but really that wasn't really necessary. I did the part that God had me to play. And it all hinged on taking what he said seriously. And in our lives, our futures often hinge on taking the word of God seriously. However he speaks it to us, some people have it spoken through the scripture, some have it spoken through another person, some have spoken directly to them, Some have it spoken even through the creation. It's just that God imparts his revelation to Mm -hmm. you. However he does it, however he does it to you. Yeah. But listening to him and take it seriously is incredibly important. Yeah, it really is. And God will really honor our steps of faith and obedience, even if they don't make sense. He doesn't often tell us the end from the beginning because, number one, we either couldn't receive it, or number two, we would take things into our own hands, or number three, it would not be necessary for us to trust him as much. If we know we're going down a path that seems dark, but we know for sure that it's going to end well, there's no necessity to trust God. There's just trusting in what we know is going to happen. When God doesn't tell us what's going to happen, he doesn't tell us why he wants us to lay on top of that gravestone, then it requires trust. It requires listening. And he has so much more available to him through us when we allow ourselves to be used like that. When we just say, okay, I'll do this until you tell me to stop. And when he tells us something in some way that he's going to move and we take it seriously, he blesses us abundantly with basically taking up the slack to make it happen. I remember when he was calling me out of my situation that I was in before. And seven months before I started making plans to move, God spoke to me that he was moving me in seven months. And it was a singular thing, me, not my family. And I didn't know where, and I speculated and tried to fill in the gaps myself and tried to guess what he was doing, but I didn't know. But I had been in a place where I was really pursuing him, and he was really speaking to me a lot and showing me new things and and exciting things leading into Tabernacles. And when it came time for me to actually leave, I could feel the intensity of it. I could feel the eminence of it. And so I started taking steps. I started preparing my life. I started getting things in order. I started making it easy for me to leave quickly if I needed to because I was in a situation that wasn't good. But the plans that I made to carry that out were not what God intended. The plans that God had for that to come to pass were much more powerful. He caused an incident to happen which shined a real light on the situation that was going on so everybody around me could see, oh wow, I really could understand why you would need to leave. 
And if I had just stepped up and said, this is what God is doing, I'm going to leave, there would have been tremendous opposition. The fact that this incident happened, people could say, okay, I could understand why she would want to leave. It was basically God's stamp of approval and God's opening up the eyes of the people around me to see what he was doing in me and through me and for me. So I was ready. When that happened in a moment, I was ready. Boom. Okay, take off, leave. Because I had heard the voice of God. I had taken him seriously, and I really wanted to follow where he wanted me to go. I didn't know how it was going to work. It didn't seem in my mind it was going to work very well, and I had a plan how I was going to do it. But when God intervened, it was just an absolute miracle to be able to enable me to carry out what he had called me to do. That's what God often will do. He will just guide us, show us where we're going. We take baby steps to get there, and then boom, there's a huge door that's open, but only if we take it seriously. See, if I had not taken him seriously, I had not made preparation to leave, if I didn't have a desire to follow him and want to do whatever he said, then when that incident happened, I wouldn't be ready. Then I would be dragging my feet and trying to figure out how I'm going to make this work. But because he spoke to me, I was ready. I had everything in order. And taking God seriously is what's going to not allow us to take the reins, but to be ready. When God says, go now, then we can go now. Do this now. Listen to me now. Be in this place at a certain time so this person can see you and you can interact with them. Drive up to this apartment building and say, do you have any availability when there's nothing in the entire city available? That's the way that we really get to where God wants us to go is by taking everything that he tells us and shows us very seriously. Our goal in speaking to you today is to encourage you to take God seriously. Because oftentimes we think, well, who am I? Why would God speak to me? You know, I'm nobody. Uh, There's nothing really that God could do through me of any import. And so when he does speak to us, we kind of poo-poo it and say, ah, that's just our imagination. Or maybe we're thinking better of ourselves than we should. Or we reason it away. And the truth is, is that God is speaking directly to you. And this is how he wants to speak to people in this generation. In this generation, God is indwelling us. And he speaks from within us if you are filled with the Holy Spirit. And God is talking to you because he wants to move you from point A to point B in order for you to be in position to go to point C, in order to bless you at point D. (laughs) And it's vitally important that today you listen to his voice for yourself and you trust him so that you'll be at point B, so you can go to point C, so you can be blessed at D. And the little things in our life that we don't count as very much are vitally important sometimes. And God will just speak to you to make a connection with somebody or to say a kind word to somebody or to go to a certain place at a certain time. I heard this testimony of this person who said that he was sitting in church and God told him to get into the aisle and do push-ups. And this is in a big church. And he kept sitting there as the pastor was speaking and God was saying, go do push-ups. And he just said, that is the craziest thing. And so he went and obeyed. He said, okay, I'll just look crazy. And he went and did a bunch of push-ups in the aisle. Nothing happened. Nobody said anything. He just went and sat back down. At the end of service, this man came up to him and said, You know, my wife brought me to church. And the only reason I came is because I wanted to get her off my back. She's always telling me to go to church. And she's always wanted me to give my heart to Jesus. So I was sitting in the back road of this church telling God, 
yeah, okay, if you get somebody out there to do push-ups in the aisle, I'll give my heart to you. Wow. And he did, and now Lord is my Savior. Oh my gosh. Now, this is the kind of thing that God does. Mm -hmm. It doesn't make any sense to our natural minds. It doesn't make any sense Mm timing-wise and situation-wise. But God just says and do it. And you have to just take that leap of faith and do it even though you might look crazy. And somebody now is in the kingdom of God because of that craziness. Exactly. And this is why you have to take God seriously when he speaks to you. Not only your life may depend on it, somebody else's life may depend on it. I remember I was running around in a motorhome and we were really tired at night and we stopped on the side of the freeway and went to this back road in this lot. And I was in a motorhome and I parked right in the middle of it and bedded down for the night. And I could not sleep. That motorhome was crooked. And so finally I got up, started the thing up, and moved it about 10 feet. Went back to bed. The thing was still crooked. And I was just irritated because I was so tired. So I got up and I moved the thing to the opposite end of the lot. And finally, when I laid down, it fell straight and I felt like I could go to sleep. So I did go to sleep. And then just as I was going to sleep, I heard this screech and this crash and this metal on something. I jumped, I looked out my window, and there was a car on its top going right through the entire lot and ending up in the bushes on the other side. And it went right through where I was parked the first two times. Wow. And I jumped out of the motorhome and I went over there and there's some kid getting out of it. He was fine, but his car was upside down. And if I wouldn't have listened to that, not only would I have been hurt, but he might have been killed. Sometimes it seems like such a small thing, like you're just uncomfortable, you know, I can't get to sleep because it's crooked. Mm -hmm. It was probably not crooked. Oh, That was a flat lot. (laughs) But God was just telling me to move. And had I been stubborn, bad things would have ensued. This is why we need to take these things seriously. You know, until we are sensitive to God, it may be difficult for us to recognize them as something really profound. We're kind of dull of hearing, actually. Mm-hmm. But the more you do it, the clearer his voice becomes. Mm-hmm. And when you take him seriously, he speaks to you more. He does. And I like what you explained earlier about the different ways that you hear God, because God doesn't always speak to us in the same ways. There's a recognition of his voice, whether we hear something in our head or we see a word go across in front of the eyes of our mind, or we feel a warmth in our heart, or we feel a goading in our belly. Or like you said, the circumstances work in such a way that you recognize this is God, because the feeling of each one of those instances is recognizable to us as the presence of God, as God leading us. Jesus promised that his sheep would hear his voice. Exactly. However he speaks, people will hear him. And there are many ways that we can hear God and many ways that he speaks to us. But when we learn to know him and we experience him, we know when it's him and we know when it's not. And a lot of times we need to pay attention to those little discomforts in our lives, like you explained in the motorhome, because a lot of times God's trying to just prod us a little bit and get our attention. And let us recognize there's something I need you to do. So many times we just brush off these things that we feel. There's a world going on around us that God gives us the ability to be sensitive to if we will listen. And if we will take what he says seriously. And if we will 
pay attention to those signals and those cues and take them seriously and ask God, what do you want me to do? He may not want you to do anything. Maybe just pray. There may be something happening with somebody across the world. There may be something happening with people that you know. There may be something going on within your own spirit that God is trying to work on. Or it might be just something that he wants to download into your spirit. But listening and being sensitive to all the different ways that he talks to us is a way that we can recognize, God, I'm honoring you by listening for you and listening to you. And when you speak, I will listen and I will do what you're prompting me to do. The way forward in the body of Christ is to take God seriously. And that is that we take what he speaks to us on a moment-by-moment basis and we treat it with the importance that it deserves. The body of Christ really has all the funding, all the people, all the giftings. It needs to do the work of the ministry. But right now it's locked up, not in a bank vault, not in somebody else's pocket. It's locked up in our natural-minded reasoning. We are functioning by the forbidden fruit. We are living by the knowledge of good and evil. And frankly, it's killing us. And we're not effective because we're not listening to God. We don't take his revelation seriously. We take what we think seriously and we live by what seems good to us. Mm -hmm. And what happens is when we don't listen to God, we don't have access to his mind. We don't have access to his perspective and his knowledge. And so we operate in a far lesser dimension Mm -hmm. than we were created to be. That's good. God wants to allow us access to him so that we can know that I need to go and lay on that tombstone Mm -hmm. in order to talk to Lisa Cantrell. Exactly. Or so I know that I need to move my motorhome so I don't get in a collision with some kid that is out of control. Or so I know that I need to leave Armenia before the Turkish people go and do genocide. I'm serious. This is what God is doing in this generation. We are coming into a time where you will not be able to figure out by your natural mind how to be safe. You can listen to the news and the news will lie to you. You can listen to other people and they won't know what's going on. You can try to study the events of the world to figure out what you should do in response and you'll be always wrong because you don't have the comprehension necessary in order to see what's actually going on. But... If you take what God says seriously to you and you do moment by moment what his word presently reveals to you, that is where you'll find peace and safety. Mm -hmm. That is where you find a tranquility of spirit in the midst of a terrible, jarring series of events that everybody is fearing for their lives. Yeah. You know, oftentimes the way not to experience a bad situation in a certain country is not to be in that country. Mm -hmm. It's the only way you can get out of it. There was a time before the Iraqi-Kuwaiti war that you could literally just get in your SUV and drive three hours or so over to Jordan and you'd be home free. But if you waited another week to where they locked it down, you were stuck for the duration and you're just going to have to survive and hope that nobody killed you. And it's like that in any big conflict. If you don't move ahead of time, you won't be able to move at all. And this is an example of what it means to take God seriously. When the Bolsheviks took over Russia, it was 17 years before they got control of the country. It's not like everything was communist right away. 
everything continued pretty much as it had under the czar. But they had taken over control of the government, and it took them that long to actually get control of the country. But once they had control of the country, then they started doing the pogroms. Then they started killing millions of people. And there were Christians that were told by God to move before that time. And not many did, but some. And it was difficult. They had to uproot their lives. They had to put everything they had in ox-drawn carts. And they just took off. And they ended up in the United States. And they missed that whole thing. Mm -hmm. And they got letters from people that stayed saying they were starving to death. There was no way out. And the real weird thing is that people who knew they were going, Christians, really ridiculed them. Really said they were crazy. Mm -hmm. They were fanatical. And they were just trying to listen to the Holy Spirit. And thank God they did. Their children, thank God they did. Yeah. Sometimes we think, well, who am I? Well, you're the person who wants to survive. Mm -hmm. Frankly, you want to live. God wants you to live too. And he wants you to be productive for his kingdom. So if he tells you that you need to relocate and go someplace else, then that's exactly what you need to do. Now, that's an extreme example. But Mm -hmm. this is the type of thing that God does. Even Jesus says, when you see these certain signs happening in Jerusalem, just don't even go back to your house. Leave. God is warning them. Don't stay, because if you stay, you won't be able to go. And this is the reason that we need to take God seriously in the small things, so we know his voice when it comes to the very important things. Exactly. That's the key, because like you said, we're getting to the point in the world's history where We're not going to be able to trust what we see. We're not going to be able to trust what we hear, especially in the media. We're not going to be able to trust the rumors that come through social media. We have got to listen and depend on the voice of the Holy Spirit if we're going to be productive for his kingdom, if we're going to survive as long as he wants us to survive. There's a promise in the Bible that God is able to keep his people alive during famine. But that's not a guarantee if you're not listening to what he's telling you to do and taking it seriously. There is safety, there is security, there is provision if you stay connected to God, listening to him and do what he tells you to do. We need to recognize that this earth is a manifestation of what's going on spiritually. And as God is putting the pieces together to work his plans for this earth to fruition, there's a lot of spiritual warfare going on. There's a lot of things that are happening in the spiritual realm and that are manifesting in this earth in the physical things that we see. But the root of it, the start of it, is a spiritual situation. And the way that we can be sure that we are safe and we're where we need to be is by listening to the king of all spirituality and the king of the earth, who knows exactly what's going on, who's in control and sovereign over everything that's going on. And if he wants to take you to heaven today, that's his right and he will do that. But if he wants you to be here for another 70 years to manifest him to the world, he will show you where you need to go and how you need to live to be safe. But if we don't take him seriously because it doesn't make sense or we're comparing what we feel he's saying to us to what they're saying on the news and it just doesn't mesh, we're not going to be at the place that we need to be at the right time. It's the only way that Christianity and Christians are going to be able to be safe and be where they need to be for God to do what he wants to do in these latter days is to listen clearly to what he says, take him seriously and do it. And if it seems ridiculous, put up with the ridicule. But if you know that it is God, taking it seriously and acting on it is what is going to accomplish the best for your life, your family, and the kingdom of God. Presently, many people rely on church to be their connection with God. They go to church 
to be with God and to fellowship with other Christians. And they rely on the pastor to receive the word of God and to deliver it to them so that they can live a successful Christian life. And that's been the pattern in much of the world for the last three, four, five hundred years. But right now, God is shifting that paradigm. God is shifting us to a personal relationship with Jesus to where we hear his voice for ourselves. And we take what God tells us and we act upon it without the intermediary step of an ecclesiastical system. The reason that this is very important is that we need to be able to all move like starlings. Each one of us is hearing the Holy Spirit and we're moving according to the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit is talking to everybody and we move by an unseen hand, but we move in a beautiful choreographed way that God is using to get us to be something and to do something and to accomplish something on the earth. And so the ponderous, uh, tradition-bound dogmatic way that the church is right now is not suitable for the thing that God wants to do. And so God is changing the whole system Mm. and he's bringing it down to the individual. And this is really what it talks about in Ephesians chapter 4. You know, our unity of the faith is a shared experience. And our shared experience in God individually brings about a unity of the faith in the body. And we become, in the fullness of stature of Jesus Christ, individuals. And because we are locked into God as an individual, then we fit with the other individuals which are locked into God themselves. And as God desires, he joins or connects the parts of the body of Christ that he knows will fit together and function properly. This is how we become that perfect man of Ephesians. This is how we become the man-child of chapter 12 in Revelation. I mean, these things are not ethereal conjecture. Mm -hmm. These are real things that God has been speaking to his people for the last 2,000 years, but they're coming to fruition in the last of the church age. We are the church of Philadelphia. We are the bride of Christ. We are a perfect man that is the body of Christ. We are necessary for Christ to finish the work he began 2,000 years ago of connecting God to his people. And this is what is happening right now. And this is why it's important for you as an individual to know God's voice, to be one starling of God so that you can join all the other starlings of God. So you can be a beautiful thing in the sky. Mm -hmm. And God will orchestrate us like a fine symphony and we'll be beautiful and we'll sound beautiful and the perfection will be amazing. And we will be able to do things that nobody thought possible. Why? Because God's doing it through us. We are becoming perfected through being one with him, being yielded to his spirit in such a perfect way that it's not I but Christ that lives within me. Mm -hmm. And that's what you're hearing right now is you're hearing my voice. You're not hearing Michael. You're hearing Christ, imperfectly perhaps, but you're hearing the voice of God talk to you specifically. I'm talking by revelation. I am not talking by my natural mind. I did not study to know these things. God simply reveals them to you because why? He loves you. He wants you to be built up in his most Mm -hmm. holy faith. He wants you to achieve that Christ-likeness in your own life so that he can live through you. 
and not only bless you, but bless those around you. Right. You have access to people I will never meet in my entire life. You have relationships built over years with individuals that will listen to you where they'd never know anything from me because they don't know me. You are perfectly positioned to do what God wants you to do. And you only have to say yes and take him seriously and let him live through you. That's right. And just like Esther was called on behalf of the nation of Israel for that time and that place, and she was destined to be there at that time so that the Hebrew people around her could be protected, you who are listening to this are specifically called to be in this generation, in this particular time of the body of Christ. And that means that if God is intending to move in the body of Christ right now through personal one-on-one relationship and revelation, you were specifically created and designed to be able to hear him, to be able to obey him, to be able to take him seriously. You were not born in the 17th or 18th century. You were born in this century. And there's a reason. You've come to know Christ now because there is something going on in the world right now that is very unique and is very important. And it requires the people of God who know Jesus to know him personally and to hear him clearly. You were designed for this time to be able to hear God's voice, do what he asks you to do, where he has placed you. Don't worry if you feel like you're not where you should be. God will use you where you are, and if you need to move, he will move you. But he will use you where you are. And you are suited because you are here now and because you belong to him. You are suited for this. You are able to hear his voice. You have the strength to believe him and take him seriously. You have the ability to carry out everything that he's called you to do. Otherwise, he wouldn't have allowed you to be born in this generation. So take it seriously. Ask God to teach you increasingly, not perfectly, to hear his voice more and more and more every day, every week, every month, every year, hear him more clearly. And you'll notice that his voice gets almost softer, lighter, quieter. You need to be able to just relax into his presence to hear him. When you start out, a lot of times he speaks really loud, but then as you get to know him, it's like you're sitting next to him and you don't need to have him speak as loudly because you're sensitive to him. So listen to him, grow in him, become what he wants you to become and what he asks you to do, take it seriously and do it. You're called for this purpose for right now. Amen, this is latter days. Mm -hmm. You know, we are closer to the end than people understand. And the end is coming a different way than anybody thinks. I truly believe that. And you can just forget all this end-time eschatological stuff that people are spouting. It's natural-minded reasoning. Mm -hmm. The truth is that the only way you're going to know how to step surely during this generation is to hear God's voice for yourself and be where he wants you to be and be doing what he wants you to do with whomever he Mm -hmm. wants you to do it with now. Seriously, this is your calling. Yes. It is your calling to know God yourself because you are the only one that will give an account for your life before his throne. Nobody else is going to take your space. When the books are open and you are judged from what you did during this life, you will give an account for what you did, not what Harry did, not what Jill did. You did. Now, thankfully, Because you have said to Jesus Christ, your name will be written in the Lamb's book of life. And God will say, enter in my good and faithful servant to my rest. And here's something I'm just going to give you for free today. (laughs) The little book, the little scroll that is in God's hand on the great white throne is the Lamb's book of life. That was the list of everybody that would 
should and could be saved during all time. It was written on the inside and on the outside. Why? Well, because it was so full. And there was no one worthy to open that book because it was sealed with seven seals. And that's why John wept. Because nobody could open the book. Nobody could read the names. Therefore, Mm. nobody could be resurrected. Therefore, everybody was damned for eternity. But the Lamb, Jesus Christ, who was slain for our sins, was found worthy to open that little book. And that became the Lamb's book of life. And that's the scroll you want to be written in. You want to say, I will do your will, Father. I believe Jesus Christ is my personal Lord and Savior. Mm -hmm. I believe that he died for me and took my sin upon himself so that I could live righteously before you by his blood. That is a revelation that unlocks the whole book of Revelation. If you don't understand that, you cannot understand what God's really getting at in the book of Revelation. So all you Bible scholars out there, if you want to get into the book of Revelation, if you really want to understand what God's doing, understand that God is going to read from that scroll, which is the Lamb's Book of Life, and those names are the ones he shouts when he descends. And that's what calls us out of the grave. That's what raptures those who remain. That is it in the nutshell of what God is doing in this generation. And many who are in the sound of my voice right now, you will see Jesus Christ before you see death. And you will not see death because you see Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 Well, seriously, that's all the time we have this week on God's Love Club. We appreciate you being with us. We appreciate you opening your heart and your spirit and your soul and your mind to hear what we say. Mm -hmm. Consider these things and hold fast that which you find true. It's a personal thing that we are asking you to do. And some of the things we say seem beyond what you think is right or what you can comprehend. Don't worry about it. Yeah. You know, things that God emphasizes to you, take away this week and implement them in your lives and let God bless you these next seven days. But what God does speak to you that resonates with you, take seriously this week and do what he tells you to do. Yes, seriously. (laughs) But first, a word from our sponsor. First Church of the Superficial, we believe in positive confession. We believe in looking on the bright side of things. So today, drum roll please. Today I'm going to tell you the top 10 reasons why it wouldn't be so bad if you did not go in the rapture. Number one, the line at Dutch Brothers Coffee drive through will be much, much shorter. Number two. You will stop hurrying the words. You shouldn't do that. Number three. Getting into your grandmother's cookie jar will no longer have severe consequences. Number four. Interestingly enough, there are no more memes. Yeah, I know. Go figure. Number five. You can sit near the front of your church even if you're late. Number six, 
The Democratic Party is still alive and well, but unfortunately the Republicans are too. Number 7. Your 401k is still relevant. Number 8. You won't have to worry about if your doctrine of the rapture is true. Number 9. Your church will finally stop showing left behind. Number 10. All the people who might have said, I told you so, are gone. And here, I'm just going to throw this one in for good measure. Starbucks will open even more stores. Amen? It's been a righteous moment with the righteous reverend. Be blessed. This is Michael and Christy. You have a really great week and have a blessed seven days. We'll see you next time on God's Love Club. Bye-bye. Bye. There's an upside down sign to everything, you know. Yin and yang, the good and the bad. It really is a bad thing not to go in the rapture, but if you don't go, you know, you got to spin it in a positive direction. There are some good things you can think about. Well, I think so. Hope so. Well, maybe not.